Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Super coaches and super coachettes, welcome to the round four SC Talk report. My name's Alex, and tonight I am joined by the man who last round was about 30k ranks behind me. Now feels like he's probably 30k ranks ahead of me after dominating the round four score. May I introduce to you? JT, JT, how you doing? <laughs> Mate, Redemption City, Population Me, how good? Hey, I told you, I told everyone there, 78,000 or whatever, not for long, into the lofty Did I not 25. tell you last week that you could mm. pump me by 100, 200 points this round and be miles ahead of me? You absolutely did. So, yeah, I'm going to live on that for a little while because, I, I mean, as good as they are, don't think Brent Naden and Jamal Fogarty can continue to pump out, you know, 80 scores, but whatever, I'll take it while it rides. 25,000 or something now. So, and top pod score, whatever it was, the um, pod hub, you know it better than I do. Apparently, I was the best podcaster in the land last week. You were the podmasters. Yeah, you were. You were top dog there. Um, Catfish has had a really good start, but it looks like you've uh, trumped him for that score. But it, the fact he's got a 1220 last round, which was mild. If you got an 1100, you're soaring up the rankings, but you probably went up close to 50,000 ranks. Do you know exactly how many ranks you went up? Uh, it was there or thereabouts. What is it now? It was 70,000 odd last week. It's now 27,000. So just around 40, 45K. Yeah, so I'm in the space cool, of one 40K. round. Yeah, mm. nothing. But even in, in that, you still had some not great players in the team. Like everyone played Hopgood. Um, you had Fogarty as your only halfback. You had Adam Dewey there. You got Warbricks 14. Um, you didn't have Reese Walsh. So the fact you still got that score with even those players kind of bringing it down is pretty incredible. Um, what are your kind of main takeaways there or who really impressed you last round for your side? Main takeaways that your disrespect continues for the big folk. He got 73. So I don't know why you're including him. My only halfback is the only one I needed in the whole thing. I mean, a 73, no. but an average of 51. Well, it's only trending upwards in my eyes. So well done uh, to me. But no, it's a, I mean, somewhat of a bounce back for a couple of those guys. But then I think everyone just sort of scored middling. And you know what? Like twelve hundred, say what two years ago, was probably a pretty average score when you think about the days where yeah. thirteen hundred plus. Remember that when everyone was strolling across for tries and and all of that. It seems like I don't know whether it's hot weather, whether it's just you know the early days of the season teams being a little unfit. It's holding scores back. There's not been that huge, uh, massive point score just yet. I think we've got a handful of tons, but nothing really uh, huge. So, yeah, I think 12-20, great score last week. But going forward, I don't see it cutting the mustard. But for now, we'll take the ranking rise. How are you going? Yeah. Oh, look, not a, not a fantastic round, but I had a huge win. Um, if anyone does follow me on Twitter, you'll see the bet that uh, Clem Cassidy from the Supercoach Playbook and I had as we had a head-to-head matchup in the Banter Boys League. 
managed to get the W there. So in a few weeks' time, uh, her and I will be on the Supercoach Hub uh, podcast that goes on YouTube, and she's going to have to do some really disgusting shots and eat some disgusting things on uh, YouTube. So stay tuned for that. That'll be a few weeks away. But I got a modest uh, 1,039, not a great round at all, but probably just under par. But because of how low the scoring spread has been, I really don't feel like I'm that far behind, even though I'm about 45K in the ranks. So I'm I'm still in the game. I'm still pretty happy with where I'm sitting squad-wise, and I've got a few moves to make. I'm, I'm actually pretty keen for this week, but we'll get into more of that later. So highlights from the round. Um, now, we talked about your team, but was there anyone not in your team that really caught your eye you're, you're potentially looking further into this round? Well, I mean, I think it's the Broncos duo of Reese Walsh and Payne Haas. I mean, we know how good Haas is, but Walsh was the interesting one. I was sort of internally crowing a little bit there when I saw that he was on zero after about, I don't know, 55 minutes, went to dinner, checked the score afterwards. Broncos had flogged them somehow, and he's on 99. Uh, yeah, yeah, don't know what happened there, uh, but either way, when the Broncos are on a roll, looks like it's all going to go through Reese Lightning's hands. So for me, a huge eye catcher and uh, the first guy I traded in this round. Yeah, no, fair enough. And I'd assume that'd be the case for most people. That there's The fullback options are fairly limited. There's probably only three or four that you'd really want to be having a look at. And he's definitely up there at the top of the pile. Uh, for me, it's quite surprising. Keon Kalamatungi, he's had an incredible start to the year. Um, he, he's scored two tries in the first three games, but he's had a score of 80-62 and now he's turned up. If he can keep that up, he will be the, the best uh, 2RF at the Bunnies. It won't be Cam Murray. So if he keeps that trend, it's going to be hard to leave him out of my side, I think. So, yeah, he's going to be my close watch over the next couple of weeks. And he could be a, a great play over Origin if, on the chance he doesn't get picked if they go for Olakawatu or someone like that for that second row position or if uh, Angus comes back in time. Yeah, no, he's my um, kind of pod watch. And he might get a mention in my buy, sell, hold article tomorrow. Who knows? That's a good shout. Like, I'm having a look at the second row forwards and the highest averaging. So, the guys that have played three rounds, it's Hopgood up the top, obviously, courtesy of that blistering couple of early rounds. But then Kalama Tungi, second, comfortably on 82 mm. points a game. And you go down to Torhu, who everyone sort of loves as a front row option. Nikola and Big Lucky Fitz. How about it? Shout out, Lakey, your oh, boy. He's, he's back. The Big Fitz is about the only healthy forward. At the Knights, and he's just doing good stuff. I think another try last week or a line break. He's flying. Yeah, but he's also he, he's struggling to play full games because he's getting injured every game. Like, he's still playing 80 minutes, but he's spending half of it on the floor getting seen by the trainer. Oh, like, it still counts as minutes on park. So <laughs> can't complain. Can't argue with results there. Big lucky nah. fits. Uh, is anyone – I'm going to have to check. Is anyone trading him out? Uh, oh, sorry, in. Oh, that's yeah, handful. Handful. I was going to say, I don't have to trade him out. <laughs> Strange one, but there you go. It's a, it's been a yeah weird old year. What do we got on the pod tonight? Uh, well, first, obviously, we're going to go through the team lists, see any massive changes. Uh, we also got. I'm kind of refreshing as we go, keeping an eye on the live judiciary report. Uh, the news has come out that Felice Cafusi has been found guilty and will miss the next four games. So we'll talk about options that could potentially replace him as well. Uh, one that's not really relevant to Supercoach, but Fletcher Baker has been found not guilty, so he's available for games from here. And the one we're currently waiting on is Jerome Hughes, which could have big Supercoach implications for my team. Implications. Sorry, I'm all over the shop here. Yeah, I've got Jerome Hughes, so I'm definitely keeping an eye on him and what I do there. So praying he's not guilty. But yeah, we'll keep an eye on that as we go. But first up, Eels Panthers. 
massive, massive uh, change for this one. The Ryan Madison going to the edge and really popular owner Matt Dury going to the bench. Uh, are you a Matt Dury owner? I am, yep. Frustrating, he's still got a low break. Most of us will be. That's it. I, th- I think it's just in the negatives, about negative nine. So um, I'm not looking at selling him, but if he's staying on the bench, how long do you hold him for? That's the real question. I don't think long at all. Like he'll probably have one, maybe two price rises up the sleeve. And then after that, if he's on the bench now, and he's also battling a leg injury. So I was surprised to see him yeah. named at all. Um, and maybe he's just there to relieve Maddo for 15 or 20. But long term, uh, who'd have thought it's the Cardi party? One the Cardi <laughs> We need yeah. a real sound grab for that guy. <laughs> Negative boarding <laughs> break even. He made almost 100 grand last week. Uh, tossed a coin between him and Dory. I thought Dory was better uh, longer term, given the, the wraps on him. But maybe that injury has just pushed Cardi ahead. Who'd have thought? Well, that's it. Like, on paper, Cardi's done better. But actually watching the games and seeing how they perform and the effort they put in, I thought Dory was far better. Uh, Cardi, it, it doesn't look like he's done that poor defensively, but he's barely, like some of the tries he's letting in are pretty poor, I'd say. So, I'd, yeah, I, I'm really surprised that he kept that position, but I guess if Dury is injured, then it makes sense. Um, for the rest of the team, the besides the Ryan Madison move to the uh, edge, the 1-13 to 13 are all exactly the same. Um, Wiremu, Grieg, and Makatoa stay on the bench, but they've included Brendan Hands onto the bench as well. Great name. Uh, and that moves, <laughs> that is a great name. Um, Sia and Ogden go to the extended reserves. Jack Murchie out completely. Um, was that through injury? That's one I might have missed. I think he picked up an HIA last week. So, uh, yeah, yep. so obviously the new rules, he's out for 11 days from a failed HIA, depending on the grade, but for most it would be um, out for 11 days, which can be a bit of an issue. I think I read, I, I don't know how much truth is behind this, but there's only three instances this season or three scenarios this season where a player will miss two games from missing the 11 days. So I think uh, so it, they it play like a sun, Sunday into a Thursday game or something. Yeah. Something like they, that's the only scenario where they can miss multiple games. Um, so you know, fingers crossed that doesn't happen for any of our players, but I think it would be quite rare for that to happen. So I wouldn't be making any hugely rash decisions thinking they're going to miss multiple, multiple weeks just because they've got the failed HIA, but, Obviously, that's a bridge we'll have to cross when we come to it. Uh, Panthers, they've had the bias. So they're going to be super fresh rearing for this game. Um, I believe their 1-17 to does remain the exact same from the last time they came out, uh, except for the inclusion of Scott Sorensen, but obviously he's a part of their regular lineup. Um, extended bench, Matt Eisenhuth moves back. Zach Hosking's on there as well, so one to keep an eye on. But I think myself as a Luke Garner owner, I'm quite comfortable with this 1-17. to Um I'm uh, Luke Garner, Sunia Taruva, and Nathan Cleary owner. Uh, I'm I'm very happy to play all of these guys this weekend. What about yourself? Any Panthers players in your team floating around? A lot of shares in Penrith going around. So last week was a bit of an annoying buyer. But no, I've got uh, Brian Toto is, and Nathan Cleary. So those two are in my side. And uh, yeah, a lot of cash to have sat back last week, but good to have them back. Um, but yeah, the Garner thing, as an if I was an owner, I mean, yeah, he got through, was it 80 last game? But again, got rotated in the first round. So I'm still, yeah, it's, it's just yeah, an unsure yeah. one there, but looked dangerous. I will give him that. Like he looked uh, like he was close to almost three tries. It could have been on the night, dropped a ball and had one taken off and that kind of thing. But yeah, I mean, you'll take those attacking stats, but long term, I just, I don't know, don't like the look of Luke Garner right now. Not an no, there's one, I'm, 
as an owner, I'm happy to hold for the time being. Hopefully, yeah, he, he was super close to two tries that first one where he got put through and then it was just him and Latrell and he just dropped it as he's putting it down. The second one where he dived over from dummy half and again just lost it as he was about to put it down. If, if those two tries or even one had gone up, he's going for a 90-point game there in 60-something minutes. So, yeah, I'm happy to give him another shot. Um, I, I think the Penrith Panthers will come out firing this game. Uh, Eels have been... They've had some clo- like all their games have been within I think four points every single game, but they just aren't looking like Eelsider that we saw late last year. And the Panthers coming off the bye, they're going to be rearing for this one. So yeah, I, this is, we'll get into Nathan Clear a bit later on when we talk about the trade in trade outs. But uh, I'm very very excited to have him in my team this week. So I'll say that for sure. Moving on to the Friday game, uh, we got Storm Tigers. Now I don't know about you, but I own seven players in this game. Seven plays in my 17 with one not in my 17. So I have a lot riding on this game. So who have you got? Um, Harry Grant, Utoy Kamanu, Eli Katoa, Adam Dewey. Adam Dewey. Uh, I've got Coates. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Welch and yeah. Jerome Hughes. Ooh, well, but yeah, potentially. Yeah. So hopefully. That's, you are hoping for a bloodbath in this game. Jeez, you oh, kind yeah. of owed it. It's been two bad games well, ish for the Storm. So they're, they're definitely due, and the poor old Tigers. Cam Munster comes straight back. <laughs> they can't take a trick. No, no, it's it's going to be rough, and I hope we see, we see the Storm of old and them just throwing the footy around and having fun and putting on 50 points. And for the Tigers, I hope they put on 10 points and it's all from Dewey. Nah, it'll be Brent Naden, mate. Superstar. Brandon Wakeham randomly chiming in. But no, I don't know what to think about this game, to be fair. Like, we've all talked about the Storm being uh, a chance of regression for years and years. And is it, I wonder if it's finally the year. We're just assuming they'll bounce back. But I think they've just had a really unlucky run with injuries because they've lost their fullback. They lost their centre in the trials. They lost one of their wingers. They lost their star player, 5'8. They've lost their massive bopper uh, prop. Yeah, that's just that. I think it's more injuries once they have their full side, or at least most of their full side, and they'll be back to that top six team that we know them to be. Um, going off last week, they're one to seventeen. Besides uh, Cam Munster, I believe all stays the same. So you know, a, a familiar lineup for them, and with only good additions. Whereas the Tigers, they have a few changes on their side of the park. Um, obviously, Adam Dewey's gone to fullback, moving Dane Laurie to the bench. Uh, John Bateman's named to start now, whereas last week he was named, I think he was in the reserves, then moved to the starters an hour before the game. And Isaiah Papali'i comes back from suspension. They've kept Fanua Pole at 13, and Offa Hengau is now gone to the extended reserves, which you know, to me is quite shocking. Um, they, they, Yeah, the Tigers have been pretty poor to start the year, but I don't think it's purely because of Offa. I don't know if he deserved to be completely dropped out of the side. Uh, Alex Safaf gone to the interchange as well. What are your thoughts on the Tigers side there and off Hengawi completely out of the 17? I have no idea what's going on at the Tigers. Who'd have thought Joe O, <laughs> one of their best players last year, would see himself on the extendeds after four rounds? Like, it's just bizarre. And then you've got shuffling mid-game. You've got a now Dewey back to fullback, Laurie on the bench. Like, I'm so off the Tigers in terms of Supercoach. I have no idea what's going on. Um, there was talk John no, Bateman right. might even be moved to lock. He's been kept there. So Pole is, is still named. But who knows what Sheens is doing here. I'd... Yeah, Nofo out as well. Like, I have no idea what's going on, and I want no part of it in terms of attacking players. I'll keep Stefano as he's pretty uh, cheap and got a good break even. But outside of that, I'm reversing on Adam Dewey big time. So you're not a current owner on Adam Dewey? 
was as of five minutes ago. Right. Yeah, see, I'm... And this is for a, a, a segment that we will get into a bit later on, bringing back one of the classics, but I'm a strong Adam Dewey owner. I've obviously been very hot on him all preseason, and I think he will be on my side until the end of the year. I, I'm, I'm, unless there's a long injury or other circumstances mean I have to trade him out. But if as long as he's playing, I'm happy to hold him in my side, no matter how bad the Tigers are going. Mate, it's freaking musical think- chairs at Concord. He'll be in Jersey 14 <laughs> next week, you watch. Yeah, but he'll still get 40 points just from walking on the field. <laughs> he's, that's the type of player he is. No, yeah. predictions no Tommy Talao. No Tommy Talao yeah, either, sorry. Just still out with that, that um, nasty head knock. So if you've still got him, yeah, it doesn't look like any time soon. So, uh, yeah, not sure what you do there, but hasn't made a lot of value. So are you keeping him if you own him? I mean, I did own him. I was very hot on him, but I sold him last week uh, and pretty happy I did as well. Uh, but I would... With Sloan's low break even, that's probably the way I'd go for that one. Um, I do think Talao's a trade out and get on board with the cheap center wing. He's going to make cash early rather than waiting on it. Love it. Beautiful. On to the second Friday game, the Clash of Brisbane. The bat- the Brisbane battle, whatever. I can't remember what, exactly what they're calling it. Uh, it's it's Brisbane lines. versus the. Thank you very much. Oh, so, <laughs> or it's the versus Brisbane as it's the's home <laughs> Sorry, game. The home team. Four Broncos have to take an away game to Suncourt. It's rough. <laughs> That's it. Well, Dolphins there, they're going to have a few changes because they've got uh, Kenny Bromwich named at front row, but I'd assume he'd go to the edge with Felice Cafusi out now that he's gone for four weeks. I'm not sure there because it was weird that he was named um, at prop with Bromwich there and you've got uh, Ray Stone on the bench. You've also got Tom Gilbert at lock who's played on the edge before, so he could quite easily shift Ray Stone in there. So I'm wondering whether... I mean, yeah, it might be just an easy shift to move Cabron back. But either way, good news for Connolly Lemuelu. I wrote about mm. him in the team's list analysis, and I saw Anton tweeting about him earlier as well. But he is a huge option. Maybe not this week with a break even at 35, but probably got this spot locked up for about a month uh, minimum, I would suggest. So uh, with attacking stats coming out the wazoo, he's been a close watch of mine and looking like he's, yeah, 80-minute second rower at the moment. Oh, for sure. He's been pretty solid the first few rounds. He's had decent minutes round one and two. Uh, sorry, round one and three, and he's got a seventy-six and sixty-four in those two games. First one with a try, second with a try assist. Um, round two against Camera, he did only manage twenty minutes and for a score of eight. So that's why his break even still somewhat high for his price at thirty-five. But he's only centre wing eligible, so I'd assume come round six he will get that dual flexibility. Uh, but, yeah, over the next month with games against Broncos, Dragons, Cowboys and Souths, he could be due for more attacking stats as well or at least 50 in, in base, base attack. So, yeah, next week, he, he maybe he's your Talao option out if you have 60K in the bank. Um, but, yeah, like you said, not one I'd potentially look at this week. I'd want to see how their rotations are as well. Um, they've got Wallace and Nichols on the bench. Those One of those two has been starting every week at that prop position with Jesse Bromwich. Kenny Bromwich has moved to the middle a lot the first few weeks, but I don't know if that's the normal rotation or if it was out of necessity from in-game injuries or HIAs, whatever. So, yeah, I'd be very much looking at their forward rotations this week and then taking advantage of it next week. Hmm. And Tom Gilbert's yeah. been a yeah, he's been a pretty gun player so far in three rounds. I thought I was a little bit, uh, I guess, hesitant with him, but he's getting attacking stats and he's doing all the right things. Looks to found a, have found a new home. So, 
Gilbert as well, if you're talking about Dolphins players on the buy list, uh, Lemuelo and, and Gilbert are both on there for mine. Yeah, really annoying because all preseason, my front row pairing was Daniel Saifidi and Tom Gilbert. And then last minute, after seeing Christian Welch in the trials, I thought he looked pretty good. And then I was a bit worried about Tom Gilbert and how many minutes he'll play or how effective he'll be because he doesn't get much base attack, but he has a very good base. So I ended up going him down to Welch. My Welch hasn't been hugely disappointing. Uh, he hasn't been Tom Gilbert. So, yeah, that, that's one I'm kicking myself for. But I'm definitely interested in looking at Tom Gilbert from this point moving forward. Um, the fact he got 70 and basically pure base last week so 70 uh so 64 in uh pure base it looks like here so yeah pretty incredible numbers from him in only 59 minutes and i can't see him slowing down either that's just the type of player he is their back line um isaiah katoa is in a bit of doubt with anthony milford on the extended reserves uh the reports were that katoa didn't train today so if it's just katoa and dewey as your five eights both are in doubt this week Maybe that's the area you look to target trades for. I know I'm in that boat because at the moment they are my 258. So I will be looking at options to switch that up if needs be. Uh, other side of the park for the Broncos. Uh, 1-17 remains the same with Jesse Arthurs on the wing who yeah, did a job for them. That that whole back line's doing jobs for them. Katoni Sags was brilliant last week. Herbie Farnworth has had a great year so far. Reese Walsh is doing Walsh type of things. Their halves as well. Ezra Mam, Adam Reynolds. They are the highest pairing of the year so far. Um, they're both in debate for being in the current team of the year, I'd say. So they've been pretty incredible. Um, they've moved Tom Flegler to the starting lineup. That was a late switch last week. And I've heard whispers that, that was actually A-Ray's doing. He wanted Flegler to be starting and Jensen to the bench. I don't know how much evidence, uh, how true that is, but that's just what I heard uh, online. But, hey, it seemed to work for them pretty well. Billy Walter stays starting. Um, the whole back, the, the whole full pack pretty much stays exactly the same. That, that Broncos team is pretty scary. That I'd be not comforted going up against them. Uh, yep, they are. They're the hot hand at the moment. Uh, a couple of home games in a row, including this one. So lucky them, but whatever, all credit to them. They're the hot, yeah, they're, you kind of strike while the iron's hot, but uh, yeah. Big one for their, them, obviously, is Reese Walsh, second game uh, last week. So this is his price pre-price rise round, so he's the big target. But yeah, there's a you know, handful of names in that side you could go. Uh, just maybe one, Tony Staggs had probably his best game last week, but in terms of Supercoach, are you steering right clear this year? Oh, yeah, I'm not going near. I've never owned Tony Staggs, and I think I can pretty safely say I never will because um, I don't want him for his next four thirties, and then I sell him, and then he gets 100. Mm. That's just yep. the type of player he is. I don't want any part of that. I, I think Farnworth is probably a safer own, but they're just too pricey at this point now. I'm, I'm, I'm not really looking at anyone in that back line, to be completely honest, besides Reese Walsh. Yep. Good on the Broncos. Looking forward to seeing them go 3-1, and one, though, up the fins. We'll be there on Friday <laughs> night. Are you going to go? No, I can't go. That's my uh, first day back at work after two weeks Ugh, off. So, gross. Yeah, no, back to the trenches. One uh, one thing to mention with the Broncos, I don't know how much impact this will have on the likes of a Paddy Carrigan, but Kobe Hetherington's coming back from injury and he's been named the extended reserves. Now, I, I don't think he'd play this week. They probably want to keep the formula as is, but he is a solid player and he is a lock um, more so than a prop. So I'd be interested to see how he fits into this team coming off the bench or whether they move Carrigan to the prop position mid-game. Not that that changes his style of play, but it could impact his minutes if he's part of a different rotation. Do you, do you see Kobe having any effect on him at all? 
I, I don't. I think the you've got the class in the likes of Haas and Carrigan, one of the best forwards in the game there. You don't limit their minutes unless Adam Reynolds, the coach, wants to. But for mine, he's probably just another name to move Jensen or to power around for. So no, I yeah. wouldn't see that affecting them at all. Yeah, no, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, I don't, I don't really have any more to note on this game other than that Pierre Coro should be starting over Kurt Capel or Jordan Ricky. I, I just want another cheapie on my side. Uh, Super Saturday, your boys, the Cowboys, up against the Titans. Now, your Cowboys, do you have much to say about them after last week's effort? I don't, so move to the Titans. <laughs> now, you guys keep the same 1-17 to besides, obviously, the big loss in Ruben Cotter. Mm. Uh, I think I read that he picked up a knee injury last week during yep. the game. Is that correct? Yeah, he played through. He played through, but two to four weeks is the prognosis courtesy of NRL Physio. So, yeah, not looking um, ideal. He did look a little bit busted and, yeah, hopefully needs yeah. a bit of a rest and comes back firing. But didn't start the, the quickest, so I think very easy trade out this week for people. Oh, for sure. Yeah, he – well, even if he was playing, he's probably a trade-out option this week just with how he's been going. His minutes have been on a downward trend, surprisingly. He hasn't been building into the season. He's been putting down from the round one. Uh, and even then, he, he just hasn't been putting out that super high base games that we were seeing uh, last year when he was going into that uh, excellent period that he had. Uh, Griffin Neem moves to the starting team. I'm a big fan of Griffin Neem, so I'm happy to see that. Uh, Hylam Lukey, James Tarmout, Tanua Brown and Granville make up the bench, but the rest of the team stays exactly the same. Shibazaki stays in the centres, Tom Chester at fullback. Uh, obviously, neither are options given that Hiku and Drinkwater will be back in the next couple of weeks, but you know, I thought Tom Chester was pretty solid at the back. I quite like him as a player. How did you view him? Yeah, no, really good for a rookie. Um, second game, first game as a starter, so one of the few shining lights in a pretty terrible game last week, but... I would like to think in uh, when Drinky comes back, Chester goes to the bench and takes Jake Granville's spot. Um, Jake Granville, you're a great bloke and you've been a valuable servant for many years, but you're a very old man now and old people <laughs> need to be moved on so that the younger brigade can shine. But no, I think uh, for the value that Chester has compared to Granville at this stage in their careers, we'd love to see that move. Again, for Supercoach, doesn't do much because yeah it's just gonna mean a very small price rise into a yeah probably 20s and 30s they're on for but, sure yeah, for nrl great player now as a non-val homes owner myself i really hate him i really hate him because he did absolutely <laughs> he does absolutely nothing his team he's losing to the warriors he doesn't get an attacking stat besides one line break and he's almost getting 70 like i just yep. i hate i hate him i hate I him couldn't, but at the same time yeah. i love him <laughs> I uh, wanted you to play, give your love to a cowboy man because, no, he's uh, Big Val, one of those guys, again, just pops up. I couldn't believe that score last week, 60 or whatever it was, in a terrible game for the Cowboys. So Val Holmes, for owners, yet to have a really good game. So the fact he's pushing these scores out is great signs. I don't own him either, so I just went without. I figured this is the start we would have. I did call it. We are slow starters. That's what happened. But, yeah, Val <laughs> hugely on the radar once we eventually turn it around and become premiers. For sure, for sure. Well, the team that you have a chance to do that to this week is the Titans. This game is up in North Queensland. Now, they've coming out with the same 1-17 that beat the Storm last week. So, I mean, it's still very much on the table that they do get the upset win against you guys, especially with the loss of Cotter. That's definitely not helping your case. Uh, Tanner Boyd keeps the seven jersey after, you know, he, he's, he's had a shocker of a season he was my definite no-go in the mega guide and i'm quite happy with that call considering how he's performed 
uh, Tanner Boyd owner. If you don't own Tanner Boyd, I don't believe. No, don't own him. No. If you did, what would you be doing with him? Uh, I mean, he's that awkward sort of price where he probably won't move too much in value, but he's not doing anything, and you'd be you know hesitant to play him week to week. So I think he hasn't quite kicked on as we thought, despite goal kicking and all of that. So probably an easy trade out target. You could you know shift him down to someone a, a cheapy or something like that and make a bit of cash. But otherwise, Boyd, yeah, not an urgent trade out, but you might as well. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, he's lost money. And oh, after that start, yes. then, like, it's a it's a shocker. No, the rest of the team looks the same. Dave Fafida, he didn't play a full game last week, uh, and that was his worst score of the year from memory as a 49. 49 coming up against uh, the Storm. Considering they scored, I think it was 38 points, the fact he only got 49 in 60 minutes was shocking to me. Like that, That's his lowest score of the year so far. He still looks fairly involved, but no attacking sets at a 38-point game. As If you're a Fafita owner, are you worried? Would you be looking to potentially move, considering that next round um, they have the buy? I don't think so. I think this is a really good opportunity for him against what is a brittle Cowboys edge. We are terrible trying to defend at the moment with makeshift second rowers and that, and Nanai falling off tackles. So, I mean, if there's ever a game where Fafita is going to go large, it's this one. So from an NRL and non-Fafita owning perspective, I'm pretty worried, but... Yeah, I mean, he's on the left edge, a lot more balls going his way. The attack will come. I think you just got to be patient with him. As a few, as this Fogarty and Naden and all this stuff has shown, you just got to hold fire. Don't uh, burn trays on people that you know are absolute guns and hold on. No, for sure. Fair enough. I'd have a similar mindset as well going into that one if I was an owner. As a non owner, I hope he plays another 60 minutes and gets less than 50. Uh, another Titans player, extremely popular, Alofiana Khan Pereira. Um, two tries last week uh, for a score of 35, which is pretty good considering two tries. I thought he might have got a 40. Um, negative break even of 31, so it should make some money. For me, not a play, but I've also heard arguments that he is a play this week considering Montoya scored a double down that edge last week. Uh, would you be playing him this week? Uh, he's one of those guys, if you don't play him, he'll score massive. If you do, he will not. So for me, yep, given what Montoya did last week, uh, basically toying with Pearl Kyle Felt, absolutely play him this round, I will. Yeah, fair enough. I, th- I think it's one that I will wait and see how Adam Dewey uh, or Katawa go, whether or not they're going to be named, and he might be my 18th man coming in. So yeah, I think that's probably the, the route I'll go for him there. Last game for the Super Saturday, we have a, this is a pretty big matchup, Supercoach wise. It's the South Sydney Rabbitohs versus the Sea Eagles. Um, this one's at a core stadium. Now the the Bunnies, their forward pack is just being hit and hit and hit. Like they've lost so many guys. Now Totola out, Shaq Mitchell out, Hemi Sele out. They've basically just got Burgess and Mawale from their starting seventeen as a forward pack, and, that, and that's it. Like. The Saluka Fafita's come in to start. Uh, Jacob Host has gone onto the edge with Cheekham going to the bench. Sorry, Catfish, I know that one's hurt you. Jed Cartwright's come onto the bench. Besides that, that that's a very, very light on forward pack. Uh, are you taking anything away from that? Are you owning anyone in that one? I mean, I own Mawale, as most people do, or I think 25% of us do. And it's frustrating because you get this chance to for big minutes and all that with all these injuries, and then he just, I don't know, hasn't done anything with it isn't getting the minutes so yeah Daniel Saluka Fafita comes from the clouds yet again to be named at start (laughs) so that's a bit of a pain but I think last time that happened he got bumped anyway for Mawale didn't lead to much but 
Uh, for the time being, Moale, he's what, break even's 26. He's not going anywhere, so not the worst of the problems, but just annoying that uh, given all the carnage, like he's not making hay while the sun shines. So uh, Cheekamp's probably the big one, as you said, like gets a negative break even, has been scoring, I think, 50s in the first three rounds, yeah. making good prices, but he's probably a one and done after this week with uh, Jacob Host being back and, and all of that. And Jai Arrow, I think, twinged his hammy again, so he's not probably that far away, although it might be a couple of weeks now. So, again, Cavalry will, will return, and it's going to mean these Cheekams and Mawali's get moved on, not now, but in a couple of weeks. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I know that a few people were pretty hot on Cheekam, and they're pretty annoyed at the move, but, I mean, I, I think I feel like we've been saying for a while just – they're not options. There's players coming back that are right around the corner and who knows what's going to happen with that rotation there. And Jacob Host, he's, I don't know why they're so in love with him down there. I don't really rate him that highly as a player, but they do just love him. Any opportunity, they will chuck him in there and give him big minutes on the edge. So yeah, I think that was one that was fairly obvious that was going to happen. So if you're a GKM owner, you probably deserve it. Probably deserve it in my books. Unlucky Wolf. Yeah. The one thing to say about Mawale as well, um, obviously we all want him to get big minutes. He's had opportunities there, but he is also only 19 years old. Like he is super young. He's not fully developed in his body yet. He's got a lot. He's got a long, long way to go. They're probably just taking their time with him while Totola and Burgess and players like that are still around to take that you know, first heat. So I think they would being patient with Mawale for the Bunnies is their best uh, strategy for him. So I can understand why he's not getting huge minutes each week or not playing more than 40, 45 when he is starting, stuff like that. So, yeah, I'm not too upset by it. I think he will build into it as he goes, as he gets more used uh, to the league. So, I mean, it's understandable why they're doing what they're doing given his age and the circumstances. On the other side of the park, a team with another not great forward pack, uh, Manly there, I think that 1-17 to is exactly the same. Um. Yeah, basically. I think there's no changes. Sean Kepi's still in that 17 jersey. So just a fought off a... I thought he picked up a little leg injury late in the game. So he came down, uh, like I guess, a little bit gingerly on that leg after putting in a kick, but has been named there. And there's only Cooper Johns, big C. Johns, on the bench as cover. So, yeah, good to see Manly. It'll be their third game, price rises this week as well. So... Sean Kepi owners, though, uh, I mean, for me, happy enough to keep him around, break even of seven. But between him and Mowale, going to be moving these guys on in the not-too-distant future. Oh, for sure. I mean, if Bunny's forwards keep dropping like flyers and Mowale stays in the team, I'd be happy to hold him. But no, uh, Kepi, if you're an owner, I think we said this last week as well, you're pretty happy. Even though he moved to the bench, he still scored decently and probably what you expect with him starting anyway. So no, I think it's a decent hold there. Um, Tommy Turbo was doing Tommy Turbo things. He's turned up. I think both games now, and I, you know, Rabbitohs they they don't mind conceding the odd point here or there. So I can see him potentially doing the same Saturday night. I think this will be a points fest. So the trail owners, AJ owners, uh, Garrick owners, Turbo, there, there's a lot of opportunities here for captaincy or VC or even just you know turning your entire round uh, around. Uh, yeah, will be one to yeah, gain a lot of points from. I see. Are you owning many players in this one, or is it just the usual Turbo, Murray? I think it's just Turbo and Murray Schuster, who I'm tossing and turning over whether to play. So, I'll, yeah, with a lot of the cavalry coming back, I've currently got him on the NPRs, Schuster that is. So, yeah, um, keen to see what happens. But for me, uh, before we move to the next games, be a bet for this one. Your boy Kalal Matangi versus 
Olakowatu. I don't have a stake in either of these guys, so I don't care. Other than you own Kaloa Matangi and I want him to fail. So I, reckon, oh, I don't own Kaloa Matangi. I'm oh, sorry, he's just your boy. Wish okay. Yeah. Well, there you I, go. I I'll really, go with the really big, the big guac, guac. Uh, outscores, guac. outscores the koala. Guac v the koala. koala. We're what do you reckon you take on it? it? Sure. Deal's sure, choice. absolutely. I'll take that. Kaloa Matangi is going to pump in by 30 points. Lock it in. See you <laughs> for the next Suncorp game. Oh, yeah, I can't wait. I think it'll most likely be Magic Round. So Book, get ready for can. that one. Just Jug well, of Bourbon. That Jug of Bourbon. Jeez, all right. All right. Let's, oh, you know what? I'm in for that. I'm here for that. Now, just talking about the Bunnies, um, they've got a really interesting run coming up. They've got three games at the core, and then over the next four games after that, they've got another one at a core and three at Suncorp. That, that's, yeah, right. I feel like they'll make the most of that because they'll almost make Suncorp their second home because they've got the three to core, then they've got the Dolphins, then another one at a core, and then the Broncos and Magic Round. I, I quite yeah. like that run for them um, situationally. So for the likes of Murray, Latrell, players like that, I think it'll be really, really good time for them points-wise because they love being at home and Suncorp is known for the points there and the fast track. Mm. So, I mean, yeah, the track that's... was pretty terrible last week. Again, with your boys and the Broncos, I was getting chopped to shit. So yeah, <laughs> 58 it. points. Well, that's it. So, yeah, there you go. Just maybe a few twisted ankles. But no, it's a fair point. If they've got consistency in their travel, often that can lead to super coach points. So the likes of, yeah, Murray I'm happy with. I only want Damien Cook. Uh, I'm glad I haven't gone with him early on. A few people were potting with him over Harry Grant and my boy Reese Robson. But so far... Cook's just been pretty steady. So waiting for him yeah, to burst, I don't maybe think he's it is this run. Stat just yet, but he still averaged over 60, and that's pretty much all bit in base. Just, yeah, two scores of 58 and a 68, and that's been against Sharks, Penrith, and the Roosters. And he hasn't had a single attacking stat, no line break, no line break assist, no try contribution or anything. That's all just been base and base attack. So you'd think the attacking stats are coming. So I think if you're an owner, you're not disappointed, but you're not exactly happy you know what i mean like you'd want to i think he's a hold regardless um because those attacking sets will come yep i mean the old adage don't trade a gun but the gun isn't firing quite yet exactly there's a few of them as well um there's a few of them around but you know we'll get into them when we talk about the trade outs now last day of the round the sunday uh first up the epic clash of the warriors and bulldogs uh charles nickel clockstar returns to fullback uh, Montoya, obviously, on the wing. I, I think Ed Cossey got re-signed this week, so who knows the uh, repay of faith for him. It could could turn out here. I'm a bit interested by this Warriors team. Halves will stay the same, but except Wade Egan, super, super popular buy last week for obvious reasons, made decent cash, scored another try as well for, for an okay score, but he's out with a HIA, so he is out for this round. Josh Curran's moved to the extended reserves as well. He's he's not even in the 1-17 to anymore. With Jackson Ford returning to the edge, so if you're a Ford owner, you're very happy there as long as you didn't sell. Other than that, I think the team all stays about the same. Um, really surprised at a few moves here with Josh Curran out to the extended reserves. Freddie Lussick named a start. There's just there's a lot going on here, so I'd be surprised if they come out the same worries as we've seen the first few weeks. Whereas the dogs, on the other hand, um, the one seventeen remains exactly the same as what ran out last weekend. Jaden Ockenbore on the bench—that's one that just absolutely befuddles me. I don't know what the thought process is there. Played four minutes in two rounds. Didn't get on the park last week. 
I just don't understand it. I just don't get it. I don't know why he's on the bench. I don't know what their plan is with him. Is it because Karaz does so much work, they're worried he's going to injure himself? <laughs> Rotate him because he's a fault. I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, some, some players or some coaches just like to keep utility. Like Tim Sheen's coaching extraordinaire he used to keep us like almost two centers on his bench just in case. In case you want to bench the likes of Adam Dewey. So I know Ockenball break in case of emergency. I mean, they don't, they're not really running with any forwards on the bench. They've got Brown, who is a lock hooker. Jane Tanner, Corey Waddell. There's just no real full props on the bench that they can go in that rotation. So I'm really interested to see what they do there. Um, I guess Jaden Tanner is a prop, but he's not, you know, in NRL level class just yet. He's got a bit of a way to go for that. They're really missing people like the likes of Luke Thompson, uh, Pengai Jr. They're, they're just missing them a lot. But I think that bodes well for Preston. You'd assume he plays huge minutes every single week, is a play in U17 every single week. Uh, and, and he's shown that he could score very well in Supercoach as well. So if you're an owner, as everyone most likely is, he's definitely a play in U17. And would he be in yours this weekend? Any other Dogs players or Warriors players in your team this weekend that you're thinking of playing or thinking of even purchasing? I don't own any Warriors players, but Jacob Karaz, I don't own him, but obviously uh, one of those luxury trades, if you could have, from last week. Um, looked immense in his game. I think he got 62. No attacking mm-hmm. stats. It was all base. I think he ran for 42 hit-up points, something incredible like that. Uh, ticking all the boxes. Imagine if he starts scoring tries. So he's, yeah, 100% a buyer this week if you can. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to go without, and I just think... Yeah, I'm going to hate it, but I've got other fires to put out for the time being. But no, I don't think you could go wrong with him. Um, yeah, Jacob Preston is the one I do own in this game, so more than happy. And if anything, he's going to be providing some of the uh, the ball out to Karaz. Loves throwing a pass, so yeah, happy enough with that. Uh, TPJ at least will come back through the middle, so we're hoping that Preston remains an 80-minute edge forward because I think it's nothing but gold so far. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, now, just going through... Oh, what's this? Jerome Hughes is out for the next two weeks. Oof, He's how been are you unsuccessful feeling? in seeking a downgrade. So uh, now I've got to try and work out a strategy and what I want to do with him. But I'd assume that means Jonah Pezzett comes into a halfback. And he was very, very good last week. But with Hughes not out for that long, not an option in Supercoach, I'd say. But oh, that's a, that's a fun update. That's exactly what I was wanting to hear. So that, it is. Know, that's a that's a trade talk chat. I reckon that is. What do yeah, we do with that? Gonna, yeah, that's mm. going to be a tough one. Um, look, uh, sorry. Other than doggies, I'm a Caraz owner. Very happy with that. And you know, he's got the potential to be a season long hold. If not, he'll be Garrick in a week or two once his BE goes back to normal. Um, Alamotti, he's he, he's very solid for his age. He's he's, in, he's very, very good and will be one of the best centers in the game in the next few years to come, I'd say. Um, he, I don't know if he will be in my 17 this week. I'm a bit, uh, you know, I'm a bit sh- uh, stacked with options in my center wing now with the matchups this week. But maybe with Hughes out, I mean, Warbrick probably doesn't get a run, so maybe Alamotti gets a spot in over him. And like I said, Jacob Preston will be in my 17 every single week until he wants, and, until he decides he doesn't want it. Um, on the Warriors side, the only player I'm looking at bringing in, and now that Hughes is out, probably can't do it, but it would have been Tohu Harris. Uh, he's, he's just been incredible to start the year. Don't see him really slowing down. Last week, it was a, 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 you know, he didn't play, I think, as many minutes as normal, um, and he was a bit slower, still pumped out a 60. 
So, yeah, he would be the only player really in this game that I'm looking at bringing in. But like I said, with Hughes out, might have to go a different avenue there. You're not a Tohu owner, I believe. No, not a Tohu owner. was keenly watching Jazz Tavango on his return, just what he did. But Tohu continues to bang out 80 minutes. Um, he's doing it in like Arvo games as well, pretty tough conditions. So yeah. uh, with a, a decent break even, at least it's not a trade-in must this week, but definitely someone everyone should have in this side at some stage this year. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, the second game on the Sunday, we have the Knights and Raiders, probably the least Supercoach relevant game so far this round. Um, teams are fairly similar as last week, except for uh, Greg Mars, who's gone onto the wing for Dom Young. Now, I think I read that Dom Young was dropped. He's not injured. Is that right? Sounded like it. Yeah, that was the word from this morning. Jeez. I, I, I mean, Adam O'Brien doing Adam O'Brien things, I guess. Um Daniel Saifidi, he did his shoulder last week, wasn't able to finish the game. If you're an owner like me, you're pretty disappointed considering he looked to be on track for a 60-plus game there. He was firing on all cylinders. He was going great uh, base and BPM-wise. But, you know, the game's the game. They get injured. It's what happens. But I wouldn't be surprised at all if he doesn't play this week. So for that reason, I don't think he's going to be my 17 just because I won't have any players to um, put into my 17 if he does drop out. Uh, yeah, it's, it's just it's a gut call. I don't think he plays this week. That shoulder, the fact he couldn't finish the game and how he looked holding it just really didn't look good. It reminded me of 2022 Payne Haas almost, and you know the amount of time he missed and how it affected his game. I'm I'm gonna take the safe option and play Utua Kamano over him this week. Uh, Heimel Hunt owners, um, you know you're very lucky. I'd say he he, he sh- shouldn't be in the team at this point, in my opinion, but. You know, the fact he's held the spot, you'd, you'd be pretty happy with the price rises to come. Hopefully, he jags a try or two. Uh, James Schiller on the wing, Tomoko, Smith Shields, and Hopper on the other wing. But Seb Chris keeping the fullback spot seems to be making somewhat use of it. I don't, uh, I still don't love him back there, but uh, he's, he's doing something of a job. Um, Jamal Fogarty, your man, obviously keeps a seven. I don't know how. Obviously. <laughs> Josh Tully finally returns to the team. And, uh, you know, everyone's favorite, Tom Starling, still on the bench. And Zach Wolford goes into the starting nine spot for Danny Levi, who I believe is injured. And uh, Hudson Young, Whitehead, and Harrow, we and I are keep the 11 to 13. The bench, exactly the same, uh, except for Pasami Solo, takes uh, a step down from the starters, and Trey Mooney drops out completely. So, like I said, this game isn't hugely super coach relevant. Is there anyone you're looking at this round or no one really that interesting? Not overly interesting. I mean, Leo Thompson, we talked about the depth at the Knights prop role being pretty low on. So if anyone's going to step up, it's him. He got 60-odd minutes last week. He's fairly cheap, still around the 350K mark with break-even 14. So with all the injury crisis going on there, he should be the one to step up because yeah, there's not a lot of options. Hetherington's terrible. Matt Croker, good player, but yeah, again, not huge minute player. So Leo Thompson, maybe the only one from the Knights. Although Lockie Miller, doing really good things. There you go. But for the Canberra, I think the Tom Starling stuff was mildly interesting when he piled on points last week. But the timeshare with Zach Wolford, where they both split basically 40 minutes each, means they're not super coach plays. So ignore the break yeah. even of 12 for Starling. Just move on elsewhere. Better options. Yeah, absolutely. Um, look, happy to move from that game. There's, there's, for myself, only Daniel, the only player in this whole either side that I own is Daniel Saifidi, and I don't think he's going to play. So there's really nothing for me to add to this game. The next game, though, 
could be somewhat Supercoach relevant. Um, Dragons and Sharks. It's the last game of the round. This one is at Netstrata Jubilee Stadium Sunday night. Uh, Dragons there, they keep the same team running out. Uh, I think the only addition was Toby Couchman coming back from a HIA for Michael Molo um, hops out of the team. Amon still on the extended reserves. He, I wouldn't be surprised at this point. Now he's probably got some fitness back. He could be looking at jumping into that sixth role sooner rather than later. Um, so yeah, just one to keep an eye out, but I don't think many people are Jaden Sullivan owners. Other side of the park, huge, huge in for the Sharks, uh, Nico Hines. And while Nico Hines is wearing the seven, Trindle is still in the 17 on the bench. What are you making of that? I'm not sure there because I thought Trindle picked up an injury last week, played through, but uh, potentially just there in case Nico is a late out and they force Trindle to play. But I would suspect, I know Trindle had played there most of last year as a utility. I think he averaged like 20 minutes or so off the bench, didn't score well, but presumably this will shuffle around as the week moves on, depending on both of their injuries. So for me, I mean, Nico, if he's healthy, he's playing 80 minutes, so I would not be concerned at all if you either own or well, you should own the own from this week onwards, but yeah, any mm. prospective owner shouldn't be concerned about Trindle. Fortunately for him, I think he's almost 10% owned, old mate Trindle. And uh, yeah, flying, that linkage with Britain Nikora was huge. I think he put him over for a oh, couple yeah. of tries, so it was flying. Nikora's had a great start of the year. He's been mm. flying. So for me, Hines, uh, given the calf issue, and it's, you know, will potentially hold him back a little bit from running, and we all heard that they were easing him back in. I wouldn't be going near him, especially with a round six buy, so not too far away. But that'll be the mm. huge, I guess, trade talk for them. Um, your boy, Teague Wilton, now that uh, uh, your, other boy, boy. <laughs> your other boy, Wade <laughs> Graham's gone. But uh, out of Nicolai and Wilton, who do you reckon is going to outscore each other come round 27? Uh, Nicola. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, pretty good. I'm not, I'm not that big on Teague Wilton, in all honesty. Um, I think he's decent, but... I don't have the love for them that a lot of other people have. Uh, he hasn't really been around my team. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just I don't have that gut feeling for him. But I think Nakora is a, a very, very talented player and he'll only get better with the addition of Hines in the team. So yeah, that's, uh, that's probably the way I'd lean. You're not a Wilton owner, are you? I am, certainly am. I didn't listen to you telling me where Graham was going to cost him. So, no, happy for Wilson. I think he pairs better (laughs) with Hines. Got a couple of tries in the trial when Hines was there, and Nicola only averaged about 55 for most of his games last year with Hines. So, I'm happy to... This sounds like it could be a second jug bet for the round. Wow, geez, how many jugs are we going down? All right, Wilson v. Nicola. Wilson v. Nicola up to Magic Round. Sure. Okay. Love it. Beautiful. in. Done. So that's that's the second jug bet. So there could be potentially three jugs paid out come Magic it's Round. Be a big weekend. Big weekend. Oh, yeah. Uh, look, that's all the team list for the round. We'll have a quick break and then we'll come back and talk about the top trade-ins, trade-outs, and what we're planning on doing as well for this week. So we'll be back in just a minute. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. The top trade-ins and top trade-outs now. This one is it's a very interesting round here. There's uh, some big, big guns on the way out the door. Uh, JT, you had the top trade out, so let's start with that one. Did you want to run down the list there for us? Some, I mean, they're not surprising this week. Often we get some weird ones thrown up. There's one or two, but, I mean, Teddy, number one, unsurprising, I think has the buy this week and didn't score well, hasn't been scoring well. 60 last week was his best all year. 760K, shed 75 off his price tag. So a lot of people moving him on, myself included, uh, expect to get him back at some point this year, but understandably the the top one out there. Adam Dewey, number two, another one on my list. So I'm going the top two. I'm just sticking with the people so far this round. Adam <laughs> Dewey, so far traded out by 10,000 people. Uh, I think the, the lack of form over the last couple of day, weeks and the just mess at the Tigers is meaning get off this sinking ship, but you're the, you're the other end. So, I mean, you're the on the pro side. What do you actually see getting out of Dewey for the next month? Uh, see, I don't, I don't see him as just what I get in the next month. I think he is a season-long hold, and I think he could come out as a top three, five, eighth by the end of the season. It'd be him, Dylan Brown, and Cam Munster at the uh, pointy end there, and I, I think he will come out and average at sixty-five to seventy by season end. So you know, I'm just happy to ride him through the rough parts and not waste any trades on him unless he's out for an extended period. Ruben so Cotto, be, number three. Yep. Yeah. Sorry. No, sorry, I was going to say, that would be my uh, unpopular opinion of the week. Little oh, I thought we were going to have a segment. Got to save a the segment th- for the death. Uh, <laughs> no, you know what? I think we get the soundbite and we run it next week. We'll get a soundbite for it and do it properly. Love it. And anyway, I think we also have a uh, 360 segment. We'll uh, get into that one next pod. Uh, number three, Ruben Cotter. Uh, understandable, missing two to four weeks, hasn't kicked on Good shift. I think a lot of people just gone straight to Payne Haas for not that much of a price gap. Sam Walker, this is somewhat interesting. I thought started really well over the first couple of weeks. Down game last round, called him my flopper of the week on the wrap pod, but as the buy this round, I'm surprised to see he was so highly traded out. I think if you can carry him another week, there's a lot more upside than downside for him. Tough week last round, but I see forging ahead for him. He's going to salvage something. So I don't know. I'd be not desperately trading him out if I owned him. Uh, I think a lot of people owned him with the intention to sell him this round. I know that I considered owning him at the start of the season just because of the Roosters' good early run with the first two games there. Obviously, it didn't pan out for the Roosters, but Sam Walker did have a decent first two games. Uh, and obviously, last week, like you said, the flopper of the week. I think that's the term you normally use in the wrap-up pod. Hmm. Yeah, I think there was always the plan with Sam Walker to sell him when the buyer comes, not to hold him longer. So I'd get it. And if I owned him, he'd be out the door this week as well. No, I can't believe that because I called it last week. I mean, I picked up Fogarty over him for, I think, higher price. And I said that was a pretty dumb decision. One good week doesn't change that. And, yeah, it doesn't make Walker a 
must sell. I think Walker goal kicks. Roosters are finally turning it around. They've had a pretty tough run. Last week was a good round for some reason. Walker scored poorly. So tough games coming up, but they don't care. So if you own Sam Walker, don't bother getting off now. I think there's there's 60 plus to come for the next two months. Yeah, I mean, potentially it's there, but I, I still Not think that... Not potentially, mate. There is a JT guarantee that he is definitely going to outscore Jamal Fogarty. Okay. That's not going to happen. So, all right, okay. <laughs> no, but That's honestly, I reckon he's... <laughs> I've, I've really liked what he's done so far this season. Walker looks more confident as a player calling the shots. So, for me, if you can salvage a week without having to trade a halfback out, if you maybe got Katoa or something like that, maybe, all right, I get it. But otherwise, Sam Walker, for me, you got to... Wait and see. No, understandable. Um, uh, look, it's hard to argue against a lot of the, the top trade-outs this week. Cotter, obviously, due to injury. Teddy, Sam Walker on the bye. The one that I have already argued against was Adam Dewey, and that's because I think he is a season long hold. But I still understand why people are selling him out. He's got the high BE. Tigers look terrible. He's moved to fullback, got injury worries, every, all the bits and bobs there. But I still think he's a hold while he's playing. Um, the next couple of some Storm players, Christian Welch here. It was a really weird game last week where he only played 33 minutes, but he, he wasn't injured. He didn't look exactly sore or overtired. I think it was just, you know, a, a low rotation game. Um, very weird. I'd be two degrees. By. It was like 40-something yeah. degrees on the field. I mean, you just move on. He's like a tough nut and whatever. He's going to get rested in this kind of game. So he'll be oh, back. Sure. He'll be playing 55-plus, throwing offloads. If you own him, yeah, I'm I'm not afraid to play him or own him. I, mm, I think he's exactly. still a solid play and solid own. Not a, not a buy in at all, but yeah, definitely your solid own and solid play in your seventeen. The next one, this is one I really, really, really don't agree with. William Warbrick, he is the sixth most traded out so far this round. He is only two hundred and seventeen k. He hasn't scored a try yet. He hasn't had that great a game, but that will come. With it, surely there is someone else in your center wings you can just chuck in there who is, has a better matchup or, you know, has a better base, and you just keep Warbrick on the pine until he makes some cash and you move him on. But even then, he could be a play this week. Uh, you know, on that wing against the Tigers, who are in all sorts at the moment, he, he could go over for his first try of the season. So, no, definitely one I'd, I'd look at holding and even potentially playing U17 this week. Um, yep, agreed. Storm, no. Yeah, you're, you're agreeing with me there? No. 217k i mean what have you got to lose just keeping this guy in your non-playing reserves like he's he's in the storm side they're going to naturally score tries and he's oh, going to sure. surely stroll over for one and we say it all the time all it takes is one and then they rise in price 100k and then you move them on what are you getting out of it now absolutely nothing what are people doing yeah. silly silly absolutely. silly silly now the next two players i want to talk about um was the seventh most traded out and then going down to the 11th most traded out so two of the Top most uh, top price players in the game, Nathan Cleary, who has been sold by three thousand people, and Latrell Mitchell, who has been sold by one and a half percent at uh, just over two thousand people. Are you seeing either of these guys as trade outs this week? No, not at all. They're both playing. Uh, you've just held Cleary through a bye week, so why you would trade him out now, I don't know. So completely disagree. He's got a massive break even, yes, but he's also a player you carry for the entire year pending injury, and then you never see Absolutely. a price rise. It never crystallizes. Latrell, I don't get. He hasn't been setting the world on fire, but not many other fullbacks have. So scoring decently, not a trade-out for me. So I think people are just playing 
uh, silly buggers with maybe a lot of trades or cash up their sleeve. You got to look back. You think of yourself in round 26, 27 or whatever. Are you trading Latrell Mitchell to Reese Walsh or, or whatever for the sake of a round or something like that? Like, I don't know. I don't know. You got to think more long term. Teddy's the bigger trade out for mine. Latrell, he's due to pop. So, oh, for Strange. sure. If, if you've got Latrell and Turbo as your fullbacks, you hold it and you're happy with that. Trell hasn't had a game under 60 points. I believe he's, he's had Sharks, Penrith, and Roosters first up, and he hasn't had a score under 62. Now, he, like we said before with this Souths run, they've got three games at a core against Manly, who just conceded 30 points. Melbourne, who just conceded 38 to the Titans, and the Dogs, who are the Bulldogs. Then he's got uh, three out of four games at Suncorp against not amazing competition. And then in that as well, another game against Penrith, who he just scored 62 against in Penrith. Uh, there is no world where Latrell Mitchell is a trade-out, in my opinion. Um, for me, he's one of my top trade targets in as a Teddy owner and Turbo owner. Latrell's at near the top of my list for sure. So that is someone I'm definitely looking at bringing in. Even though he has a BE of 123, he could be one of the strongest buyers of the season, not just the round, but the season. Um, right, let's yeah, let's I think- go to trades then. Let's chat trades because, I mean, there's a, a lot of juicy options on the agenda here. Oh, for sure. Well, top one uh, who is basically the other end of the spectrum there for Latrell, but Reese Walsh. Um, they are the two big targets for fullbacks this week, considering the most popular ownership combo at the moment is Turbo and Teddy. Uh, Reese Walsh, he's had a great start to the year, averaged 100 over his first two games, super involved. He was on zero points up till about the 60th minute last weekend, but he still managed to get almost 100 points. Um, so completely understand why people are bringing him in. You make another, you, you basically bank 210K by trading out Teddy to him. Is Reese Walsh at the top of your targets this week? He is, for that exact price reason. So trying to cut some of the mid-range deadwood down the track, mm-hmm. and you can do that easily with uh, you know, striking while the iron's hot and getting off Teddy in a bye week. Normally wouldn't do it if he's playing because you just never know what he can do. But uh, yeah, I guess three somewhat subpar weeks and now sitting out, great time to bring Walsh in before his price rise. Don't think I'll be holding him long term. I just think you know Broncos have played pretty well the last couple of weeks. It won't continue. And then they'll play some away games. It'll get tougher and all that kind of thing. So it will die down. He's not going to score 90 every week. But for now, he's the hot hand. Absolutely. And he's more than the hot hand. He's the hot guy. So, you know, yeah, take right. that as you will. Those eyes. Take that as you, you will. Yeah, that's it. If you, get, you know, Defenders are getting lost in them. That's the secret. Uh, second on the top trade-ins, and what, not one I particularly agree with just yet, Josh Schuster. He's at 8% traded in, so 11,500 people. Uh, you're obviously an owner. You had him from the start. But I myself, someone who didn't start with him, I'm waiting another round just to see that he can basically make it through the 80 minutes without hurting his calf again. Um, that is the main reason. I don't doubt his abilities. I don't doubt his uh, ability to score super coach points. I doubt his, how healthy he can be. So I just want to make sure he can get through the next round before bringing him in. And also, he doesn't gain any cash this round. So if he does manage to get injured, you're getting him in for nothing. Um, so yeah, that's one I'm happy to wait and sit on. Yeah, have a plan though. So think about either this week or next. Uh, you've got to move someone on, I guess, to get him in before he inevitably rises decently in price. So just have a think. Who can you move on next week? Can you shuffle someone yeah. around like a Mawale? Uh, or, you know, if you've got jewels in your second row, front row, just have a think. It's not this week or next. Or if it's not, then it's next. So 
Yeah. yeah. Well, I think it's perfect time that Dury's moved to the bench for the Eels. So yep, as a ne- with a negative yeah. nine break even going onto the bench, he probably only gets a couple of points this week. He might make 5K, <laughs> so basically pennies. But, you know, if you're trading him out to uh, Josh Schuster next round, you're banking 60K and Josh Schuster is a playable 5'8 second row in your team. Uh, yep, no, that'll be agreed. my plan, either Dury or Luke Garner, depending on how he goes next week. Uh, next on the trading list, Payne Haas, obvious reasons, best front runner in the game, fantastic last week, and uh, he doesn't look like he's slowing down at all. So, yeah, he. I still think going into the season, I was saying he was the number one front runner in the game, and he would be for Supercoach as well, and he's showing it. Um, 65 minutes, 65 minutes, 59 minutes, but he's got an average of 787 as long as he's healthy, I don't see him slowing down. Um, I'm, it's really a shame that I didn't start with him, but you know, hats off to him that he scored this well. You didn't start with him, I believe, either? No, I started with Tarpanay. And yeah, Tarpanay, on the other hand, has sort of not kicked on. He's 48 minutes, I think, averaging. So I expect that'll go up. There's only one way to go with that sort of minutes for a guy like Tarpanay. But for Haas, luxury trade, I would say. He's not an urgent one with a 53-odd break even. So happy to um, keep him on the watch list. But, yeah, he's a annoying one to not own because he just kills it every single week. So uh, oh, that's off sure. to, to Haas owners. But, yeah, if you don't – if you've got other fires to put out, absolutely do it. If you've still got one or two trades, then, yeah, absolutely Haas is your guy. Absolutely. Um, next to on the trading list, Tom Trebojevic, who's essentially in the exact same boat as Reese Walsh. He's had a great, uh, basically turned up his first two games, uh, now has the price rise. If you don't own him, I'd say he's a, the closest thing you have to a must-have. Um, yeah, he, he. but the difference between him and Reese Walsh will be that Tom Turbo is a season-long hold. You know he's going to most likely keep up the average or at least get close to it. He won't be getting tons every single week, but... He is much more likely to be season-long hold than Reese Walsh, who would just be a cash grab over the next few weeks while the Broncos have a good run. But if you had the choice of one of the two, Reese Walsh's cash over the next few weeks or Tom Turbo for the season, which way would you be leaning? 100% Tommy Turbo. Mate. Like the, yeah. They've had their first buy, so that added plus, and almost the same price. So Turbo, as you said, proven commodity. Go him if you haven't got him. Uh, I think most will now be running a Turbo, Reese Walsh sort of, uh, scenario after trades this week, but Turbo, if you had to flip a coin or whatever, he's your guy. For sure, for sure. Now, the next couple um, I'm going to quickly run through, but we will retouch on one of them. So, Nico Hines, fifth, uh, Jacob Preston, and Harry Grant, the next top two traded in. And the one I wanted to talk about was Adam Reynolds. Now, he obviously got a, had a great game last week, but is he a, an actual option now that Jerome Hughes is out? Uh, or is he a more of a luxury trade? So if, in my opinion, I'm not looking at him at all. He doesn't have those games in him often. Uh, he, I know he has a different game style at the Broncos than he did at the South, but I just don't see him maintaining that. There's games where he will be super involved and get 100, or there's games where he will get 40 all-in goal kicks. So for me, not an option, but would you be looking at him if you had Jerome Hughes on your side? I mean, he plays the next three games at Suncorp. Again, how kissed on the bell end are the Broncos this year? But anyway, three <laughs> games at Suncorp, Finns, Tigers, Canberra. Like, if he's going to do it at some point this year, it's going to be these next three rounds. So I kind of don't hate it. But, I mean, we all know it's Adam Reynolds who's historically never kicked on that well as a super coach player. So I think with the price going up, it's, it's well, maybe a worthwhile punt, as you said, if you don't have Jerome Hughes. But... Again, trades are at a premium, so if you're kind of throwing them around on a 
you know, whim like this, then maybe looking back down the track, you might regret it. But whatever, Adam Reynolds, he'll probably go three round average of 80 or something. So you might as well. Yeah, no, absolutely fair enough. Well, speaking of halfbacks who, uh, you know, have good pedigree in Supercoach, the fifth most traded in player, Nico Hines. Uh, he's got, like we said before, the buy in round six, but he's got two solid games with the Dragons and New Zealand uh, in round four and five. Against the Dragons, his last three games, he's turned up in all of them. That's uh, 112, 124, and 182. Uh, against the Warriors, he has a three-round average in the hundreds as well with a 61 point, 185 points, and 98 points. So if you are looking at potentially getting Nico Hines, it's either this round or after the buy, picking him up in round seven. Uh, as a Hughes owner myself, I'm definitely looking at Nico Hines. But the worry of Trindle on the bench, not knowing if Hines will make it, he probably has up until captain captain's run to prove his fitness. And with playing the last game of the round it is very very tricky um would you see him yourself as a not necessarily a must-have but a really strong trade-in target even with trindle looming on the bench there risky but a strong trade-in target no doubt 903k so the most expensive player in the game i think comfortably as of now so the calf injury and all that we haven't seen how he's gone so far in the nrl i know it's hines and he'll probably come out and kill it but won't actually increase in price or move anywhere until, as you said, round seven. So if you've got the funds to do it, 5% ownership, it's a huge pod, uh, and it'd be getting on early for a guy. It's probably a season-long hold for most players. But for me, this, you know, maybe you go the Adam Reynolds route or something like that or find a way to get a bit of cash and then go up to Nico Hines because it's at mm-hmm. a bit of a premium at the moment. So not definitely not a must. I wouldn't go anywhere near him at, at this point just with that buy and with other better super coach value players around but no not that's be coming enough. up against him no that's that's it and and he is somewhat of a pod play he's been traded in by five percent but a total ownership of ten percent so he would still be a pod play considering other players in that position like clear he has an ownership of in the 40s um and turbo 55 percent like there's some super high owned players and Nico Hines is that type of player that can absolutely kill it in a round. And if you own him and others don't, you'll fly up those rankings, especially considering that this week and next week, he's even a pod captaincy option um, at the moment for most captains in the round. He's at fifth um, with 3.9%. And the only players above him are Harry Grant, Turbo, Hopgood, and Cleary. Uh, so that really shows the you know how limited we are with solid captaincy options, especially this round. So I'd say if I was looking at Nico Hines, um, I'd definitely be tempted to put the captaincy on him. Uh, would, would that be something you'd be, you know? Oh, last game of the round, mm-hmm. you might as well throw the dice, I think, especially against your boys, the Dragons. What was it, four yeah. tries in 10 minutes? Jesus, what were you doing? Um, but moving not away much. from those, and not not on the 10 uh, top traded in list, but uh, Cam Munster and Dylan Brown, I said to you off air that that was my trade choice uh, this week. I haven't yet pulled the trigger, so... I'm moving on, Adam Dewey. I've, I've told you why. And my options are Dylan Brown and Cam Munster. Uh, who are you going to and why? So this one's a bit tough because, uh, first of all, Teddy is definitely a trade-out for me, and now it will be Jerome Hughes. Uh, so Teddy will either be to Reese Walsh or Latrell Mitchell. And the thing is, if I go to Latrell Mitchell, then I and basically limited with who I can go Hughes to. Um, the most expensive player I would go would be to Cam Munster. 
but that means I do miss out on Nico Hines. So for me, it's basically either I bring in Walsh and Nico or Trell Munster. I'm What's leaving Trell Munster. I was asking you. Dylan Brown or Kev Munster? And then you go rattling off your play. Oh, I thought you were asking who my trades were this week. No, no mate. No, no, no. I'm telling you to tell me what to do. Oh, how many Storm players do you own? Uh, Is that Ellie my Guitar, big question? Ellie Guitar and Harry Grant and Will yeah, Well, you know what you're getting with Cam Munster. Um, he doesn't have those low games that Dylan Brown has shown that he has as well. And you know, Either way, you're going to have a season-long hold. But I think for this period, I'd be looking at Cam Munster. They also do have the buy in round nine. That's why I asked how many Storm players you have because like we went through my Storm players before, I've got six or seven, so I'm going to have to start moving some out before that round nine period. That's another reason why I'm not 100% sold on getting Cam Munster in in my, tie, in my side. But if you have only got three or four Storm players, and yeah, I'd definitely go Cam Munster over Dylan Brown. Hmm. All right. Dylan Brown's been the hot uh, hand player in a 0-3 Eels side though, which is you know why I'm keen to get on him. Uh, maybe not this round. I mean, they're playing Penrith, but uh, yeah, I'm not sure what to make of that one. But it might be the Cam Munster show, just keeping an eye on team lists. And the good thing about him compared to Nico is that he's playing the second game. So he should know either way, in or out. And with Hughes out, you'd suspect they force that forces the a hand, no pun intended, and he's in. So for me, yeah. Dewey to Munster locked and loaded. No, I'm, I mean, understandable. Um, the other thing that Dylan Brown does have over Munster is he doesn't have a buy until round 14, and he obviously plays through the whole uh, buy or state of origin period as a Kiwi. So, yeah, it, it's it's definitely a tough one there, but I would lean Munster just because you know what you're getting with him, and he will be the number one five eighth come season end, as he always does. I can't see Dylan Brown overtaking him there. Dylan Brown probably has Adam Dewey as the one to compete with for that second option. So I'm still strong on Dewey. I still think he will be up there season end, but just going through a little bit of a rough patch, but I'm happy to hold myself. Now, as uh, you asked me before about my trade options, because you definitely weren't talking about anything else, Cam Munster and Latrell Mitchell or Reese Walsh and Nico Hines, which way would you lean? Uh, Reese Walsh for the value, so that means you've got to get Nico in. Why not? Uh, it's one of those things, as we said, he's going to be a huge pod won't uh, move in value for a little while. And, you know, Walsh with that run coming up should make a fair chunk of value. So I'd go there. Yeah. I mean, it's understandable. Do you want to know how annoying it is for my trades at the moment? I'm exactly 1K off going both Hines and Luttrell. Exactly 1K. Just think if Teddy just, you know, if he got his fingertips to that ball, that bounce, it's just, ah, uh, you know, there's a lot of, so many things that went through my head where I'm like, I'm um, just 1K off. What if, you know, Ellie Katoa managed to score a try of Jerome Hughes last week? Or, yeah, there's just so many hypotheticals there. But, you know what? The game's the game, and it's forcing my hand into a different combo, which can, it can be a bit of ex- uh, excitement for me. But, yeah, that, that's where I'm at this week. And I'd love to hear trade suggestions or why you would lean a certain way on Twitter or on the uh, trade talk section on the um, SC Talk website, which I'm always reading through and always looking at. So you know, I might not talk a lot on it, but I'm definitely reading a lot of the convos on there. So would definitely suggest going and having a chat to some of the people online. It is great fun. Um, captaincies this week. Is there anyone you're really setting your eyes on or, or you've already got locked in maybe? Well, I had Harry Grant last week as a bit of a um, handy option, was a newly traded in player, and I thought him up at the Gold Coast would go well. He did, 105, and against the Tigers, 
at home this week, I think yeah, he's a very, very safe play. Possibly VC, although some of the guys scoring terribly on the bench means it's basically captain or nothing at this stage. So, yeah, not sure. I'm, I'm leaning towards either him or Munster should I bring him in. Um, otherwise, yeah, not a hell of a lot of other options. I don't think Reese Walsh maybe against the Finns should he uh, you know continue the hot streak. But that zero from an hour basically holds me back a little bit from that. So I think yeah, I'll uh, I'll go Cleary VC into Harry Grant's C. I think. Yeah, getting those captains done nice and early, so you don't have to worry about it again. Look, um... I think I would have to chuck my captaincies on one of the new guys I bring in, whether that's Munster, Luttrell, or Nico Hines. So I think that'll be dependent on who I bring in. But, you know, maybe Munster VC with uh, Luttrell or Turbo as captain because I I just have that gut feeling that that Saturday night game at a core stadium will be very um, high scoring. Like they've shown they both like to leak points, but they both love to score points. So, yeah, that'll be a really, really um, fun game to watch if I've got one of them as captain, I reckon. So Shit just weather, weather in Sydney, FYI. Just had a quick oh, look at the rain. Yep, so 80% chance of rain on Saturday, Friday. Uh, Sunday's cloudy, so that, that would be nice for the Fords. So maybe Nico. Maybe Nico is your guy. Maybe, yeah, look, if I do end up going Nico, um, I probably would, given his history against the Dragons. He last three games, like we went through before, he's turned up in all of them. So he just loves scoring points against us, that you know local rivalry there we have with each other. It'll definitely be a tough one. And we, we conceded 40 to the Broncos last week, and we all know the Broncos are the beta Brisbane team. So the fact we were able to concede that much to them um, has me really worried going up against the Sharks this week. So, yeah, I don't know. That's That'll be a question on who I want to trade in for. The Hughes out has made it a bit tougher for me because if Hughes was staying in, my other plan was to go Daniel Saifidi after Tohu Harris. Um, now I can't do that. So that'll be one for a future date. But that, that's, that'll be my trace captains for the week. Um, before we finish, anything you want to add or anything you want to quickly chat about? No, not really. Uh, up the fins, go the cows, and uh, yeah, go Cam Munster. Go again, Munster. That's it. Well, Jerome Hughes, we wish you all your best on your holiday for the next few weeks. Um, thank you very much for your service to my team. Uh, Daniel Saifidi, please just sit out the week. Don't make this tougher than it needs to be. But to all listeners, thank you very much for uh, tuning in. Keep your eye out for JT's wrap-up this weekend and for Clem and myself to be on the Supercoach Hub where she, again, has to you know pay the price for losing to my elite side. But thank you all for tuning in, and we'll catch you next time. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.